Well, Father, we just um, we thank you for this time that we can gather together still in a free land. Um, we know that there is a, a lot of darkness that is going on, but your light is going to be shining within your people. And um, we thank you, Lord, Lord, that um, you are with us. We thank you so much for that. And we just pray, Lord, that um, just during this time we would minister to you. Lord, that we would hear your voice. Lord, and do the things that you have called us to do. In the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, children, you are dismissed. There they go. This is going to be more of a kind of a word of a edification rather than a teaching. Um, that is. Probably my strongest gifting I believe I received from the Lord is edification, and that's building people up, um, giving them strength. And I just, um, during the week, I just, um, I am really trying to dial back the amount of uh, news <laughs> that I'm watching, um, because most of it is bad. And a lot of it is meant to be that way, to dishearten people. Uh, I remember the story, I think it was the Assyrians. And before they were laying siege, I believe it was Jerusalem, they had sent out one of their messengers. And basically he was just using the art of disheartening the people before they really laid into them with a big siege. And I feel like in the same way the enemy uses that tactic so much um, against us, against us as believers, that we become disheartened really quickly. And you know, I really felt from the Lord that so much of that in my own life, um, being really high one minute and then down the next, had to do a lot with what I was listening to and what I was watching. And... You know, when I was, you know, 25, 26, well, there's a whole bunch of things I could watch and listen to. And it really didn't affect me too much at the time. It didn't feel like it did. But now, you know, getting up there 20 years later, it's like I feel the hand of the Lord saying, I am not going to allow you to do the things that you used to do. There's a restraint there. Now, I can choose to obey that or not. And I always found that it's like, you know, I'd like to learn this lesson the first time rather than the sixth or seventh time or the eighth or the ninth time. Instead of me digging my heels in and thinking I know what's best. And the older I get, uh, the more assured I am that I, I don't know what's best. But I know he is and I know his word is good. And it endures for all generations. It's an amazing book, and it's the most amazing book. So, 
I'm not here to preach against CNN or Fox News or Facebook or anything like that. But, um, you know, he who has ears to hear, let them hear. So I want to talk about hope. And if you guys, Nate, if you could put up um, Isaiah. Isaiah 60. Starting with verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. The Gentiles shall come to your light. And the kings to the brightness of your rising, lift up your eyes all around and see. They all gather together. They come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters shall be nursed at your side. And what we are experiencing, what we are going through right now, um, it is an intense time, and I believe that there will probably be times in between where we might get a rest, but then the pressure is going to be cooked back up again. And it is, it's hard to understand, you know, how can God allow these things to happen? His word right here in Isaiah is talking about that, and I believe this is, for the end times, us, at the end of the age, that at the end of the age, there is going to be great darkness. and At the same time, great lightness. And we all know what happens when darkness and light meet. Light always wins. Every single time. Every single time. And it might seem like we are back on our heels in some ways, but I am just so confident and hopeful that God is going to do in this group and with our fellow brothers and sisters in Franklin and across this country and the world that he is going to have a people set aside for his purposes. A peculiar people we are, especially in the world standards, and they've got some weird standards. We're peculiar, okay. <laughs> <laughs> staying with your wife and your husband and raising your kids. That's weird today, I guess. But uh, who cares? We care what God loves. We care what he wants. And as we begin to, not to hate the world, but just to not care what they think. Um, I really believe in this last year, especially, um, when it's come to a lot of what we look to as far as information um, that a spell has kind of been broken in a lot of people. There has been awakening. And it's people we haven't expected. It's like, whoa, you're coming to the Lord. That's really weird. But God uses strange people and strange circumstances for his good pleasure because he decides to do that. And um, we should be very happy for that. 
If you guys would turn to Psalm, Psalm 2. start with verse 1. I love this, this passage. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. Then he shall speak to them in his wrath and distress, <clears throat> and distress them in his deep displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree. The Lord has said to me, you, Jesus, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me. And I will give you the nations for your inheritance, and the ends of the earth for your possession. And Course 9 is going into the Messianic reign of Christ. I can't wait for it. We're not there yet. We've got to cross the finish line first, and we've got some things to do. But I love that last, this whole section is great. But the one I want to kind of hone in on is verse 8. Ask of me. And I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of the earth for your possession. And I know that is a messianic prophecy concerning Jesus. It's for us too. That we should have the heart of our master. That as he is going to inherit this world, our inheritance should be for the lost. We want the lost to be saved. To come to the saving knowledge of Jesus. We have to have the same heart as Him. We can't just be content with what we are right now, but we have to press on, knowing why He's called us. Amen? All right. You guys will turn to Second Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4, starting with verse 13. And as these words are getting you know, spoken by this vessel up here, and as you guys throughout the week, um, especially more mature believers, as you're getting into the Word, you should be getting into it as much as possible, daily, if you can, do it. Even if it's for five minutes, build up from there. Um, it is having a cleansing effect on you guys right now, and on me. So in verse 13, But since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, I believed, and therefore I spoke. We also believe, and therefore speak. 
And I know that it is important that we do live our lives quietly, that people can watch us and see how we live. It's also just important that we speak these things and we say these things. And sometimes we just have a, uh, I don't know, a condition to kind of overemphasize one point and leave the other alone. Um, the Holy Spirit wants both, to live it and to do it, but also to speak it. It's important. I mean, you think about your own wife or your husband or your kids. What if you just had that attitude of, well, they know that I love them because, you know, I go to work or, you know, I provide for a family or every once in a while I give them a, like a wink or whatever, but you don't say anything to them. Tell me how that'll work out, especially for you husbands with your wives. Ah, she knows better. She knows how much I love her. You've got to say these things. You've got to say them. In the same way as a believer, we've got to speak these things as well. There's power in it. Verse 14, knowing that he was raised up, the Lord Jesus will also raise us up in Jesus and present us with you. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. All things are for your sakes. Whether you are having a good time right now, where there's some peace, you feel like you're catching your breath, or you are right in the middle of it right now, it's good. What's going on, as a wise brother told me, while I was going through a very profound struggle about two or three years ago when it came to finances, and I just felt, as a man, it's like, like God, I want to be able to provide for my family, I want to do well, and I feel like I am completely losing this battle. And it, I mean, it hits you in the heart, you know, as a man, as a husband. But I remember he gave me these words. He said, Josh, you are exactly where God wants you to be. And I'll tell you what, he was right. And I needed to hear that word. And I got through it. And our family got through it. But God does these things for our good. For his glory. Again, having spread grace through many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. And I know we talk about this so much, and I can't emphasize it enough, that having a grateful and a thankful heart brings glory to God. You know, I know there's probably a part of you like, well, when these horrible things are going, I'm supposed to give thanks Eventually, you may get there. Or when the bad times are going on, you give thanks. He will bring us to that point. Not of our own strength or cleverness. We will probably never figure out the things that God puts us through. But we have to have hope and faith that He, who started this great work in each one of us, is going to finish it. And to think that being thankful and grateful... Gives glory to God. That's amazing. So stop complaining.
Therefore, as Derek would say, what's it there for? We do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. The inward man, that spirit that came from God when you were born again, for those who are believers here, when you received God's spirit and you were born again, that inner person, that spirit that was always wanting to have communion with God, is being renewed. And it's referring to God's ever-transforming the believer, moving him from one stage to a higher stage, building you guys up completely. He's not satisfied with us just living a life where we're just staying put. And I just don't see that in the Christian life either. That you are either moving forward in the things of God, and sometimes it may not feel like it at all. Sometimes all you can do is just stand. Or you're moving backwards. You can't live on ten years ago the things you received from God. Amen for those things. Thank God for those foundational things. But we've got to move on to other things. God is wanting, desiring, maturity. It's like, please do not tell me, as a father or a mother, that you <laughs> derive pleasure if your 10-year-old is still having to drink a bottle, or you're having to wash their face, or you're having to tell them, you know, what other little things, or change their diapers, or all those things. You'd think, there's something wrong. That's not normal. It isn't. And I know for years at times, I have done that. Where I've just spinned my wheels, most of the time kind of doing what I felt God wanted me to do. And other times, you know, just kind of living my life. It's like, well, I'm not really harming anybody. But you stay put, though, and you don't move on. But thank God he's full of grace and mercy that he restores those times. You know? All right. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. It is. Stop thinking these commercials where you can add whatever to your life. <laughs> it's like, I look 46 years old. There's some people who are just like, wow, you look really young. Uh, I look... Every day my age, it's okay. Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. Verse 17, for our light afflictions, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And when the Lord comes back, we're not going to have this system of government. He will be ruling as king. And he won't be asking our opinion or anyone else's. He will not. 
Don't kid yourself. But in your hearts, I ask and I pray that you start having that hope inside of you. That as good as this country is, and is the good things that it has done for so many, it's not going to last forever. It will not. Every nation has its day in the sun. And it goes through that spiral. If you guys have read your first and second kings of a couple of good kings, a lot of mediocre kings, and then a ton of really bad ones. You know, we are no different. So don't laugh at what the Israelites went through. And don't mock them because we're no different. But we could be like Abraham. He saw that eternal city. He saw the city of God. And we have to have that begin to be fixed in our heart. It's an anchor to our soul that that will never change. Ever. And I remember God had said that to me before. This is like, Josh, I change not. So that means one of us is going to have to. It's not me. And it's good. I want to be like him. And are you guys going to mess up? And am I going to mess up? Yes. You know, Proverbs talks about the righteous man or woman falls seven times, but they stay down. No, what what, what do they do? They get back up. That's building endurance. That's implanting hope in your hearts. So don't give up during these times. John Gibson and I were praying uh, Friday. Uh, The elders and I, we get together every Friday. We pray for you guys. We talk about what's going on in our family life here in this body. And at the end of our list, it seemed like uh, we solved probably 8% of the questions and concerns that we've got. You know what? God's got the other 92. You know, I can't carry those burdens. You know, I can't. And thank God that I have men like Bobby and John and Phil that can help and the other leadership and the other ministries here. It's wonderful. It's such an encouragement to me. So, I'm going to finish up with this and then um, ask the elders if they get a sense um, if we need to do what we did last week in letting the Holy Spirit minister. If anyone's got words of encouragement, word of knowledge or wisdom, word of prophecy, it's scary, but we need it. You guys have turned to Romans 8. Excuse me. I 
Thank you, Lord, because I completely forgot where I was going for a second. Um, so yesterday, as the older boys were spending night with their friends, the Horners, and doing God knows what, but <laughs> they're alive, they're okay, they had a good time. Uh, Becky and I and the, the little ones, we went to Highlands and went for a hike up to Sunset Rock. I don't know if you guys have ever been up there before. Beautiful place. Anyway, and I was not feeling good that day. Um, I was having some just issues with breathing, and it's like, oh, I'm going to come down with a cold or who knows what. And so I started to kind of trudge up the hill, and I've walked the hill plenty before with, like, you know, cop gear on and stuff. And I am, like, sucking wind. I'm like, and I am not thankful. <laughs> I'm getting angry. And there's Becky and the kids just like, you know, skipping around, you know, and just doing fine. And it's just like, Josh, just can you be happy just for a second that they're enjoying themselves without you being miserable? It's like, I just, the best thing I can do is just keep my mouth shut. So I just continued on. And eventually, it got easier. The breathing got easier. I don't know why it got steeper, but it just got easier. And then we got to the top, and we walked out onto that rock cleft, and you could see, like, the town and just all of the, just the beauty that was around there. And we need to be like that, that when we are going through difficult times, the endurance, you know, part of endurance is that you endure it. So you can build <laughs> that breath up, that spiritual breath and strength that you need to get to that next level because when we got to the top there you could see for 20 miles around easy but when you're there in the grind with your wife or your kids and you're trying to wonder how am I going to make this thing work how am I going to do this well you're answering the wrong question you got plenty of brothers and sisters around here who've done well in their marriages. You need to go to them. Stop looking to yourselves so much. I'm getting off topic. But once we got to the top there, um, I felt like we just had like the view from the Lord. I can finally see what He saw. Everything, you know? But at the moment going up, all you can see is sometimes just your own two stupid feet in front of you, stumbling, bumbling along the way, wondering what the heck is going on. It's for your own good. And eventually, the Holy Spirit will begin to develop a mentality in your mind that you're going to start enjoying some of these hard times. Anyone who's been in sports before knows Anyone who's been in the military before knows that you want to get out there. Bobby shared so many times about getting out there onto the field. You want that difficulty. You want to be ready for that. So, I'm going to go ahead and skip Romans 8. And um, just bless you guys. Um, if any of the elders, do you have a sense? John or Bobby or Phil? No?
just want to say I don't have the same strong sense that I had last week about the Holy Spirit moving uh, specifically in healing, all types of healing. But I do have the sense that uh, God wants us to continue uh, to meet people's needs. There, there are people here today with needs, uh, people who need prayer. And I'm just going to encourage you uh, to come up. Come up and we will pray for you. If you don't want to come up, ask somebody to pray for you. Share your needs with one another. That's why we're here. That's why we're a family. We don't just come in and I know we're socially distanced and seating apart and and stuff, but, but we're a family. We're here for each other and to meet each other's needs. So I just want to encourage you to either come forward and uh, uh, the elders will pray for you, or if you prefer to uh, turn, to your, turn to your brother and sister and ask them to pray for you. Share what's going on in your life. Okay. Bye. I don't know. How many of you, ooh, that's hot. How many of you uh, heard this week uh, Dutch Sheets uh, talk about the gate beautiful? Did anybody hear that? Um, awesome, awesome, awesome thing. The word for the gate beautiful there, beautiful, the word beautiful, is not talking about how good it looks or how pleasant it looked. It was talking about timing. Timing. And a lot of the things that we've been dealing with is timing. You know, you you deal with timing. You know, all through your day, the things that are going on in your life. Timing. We get in a hurry trying to get things done. We, we want to push things through. Timing. The man that was laying at the gate beautiful had been there for maybe 30-some years. Okay? That means that prior to this occasion, he had been there even when Jesus was still alive. So, Jesus, though he healed so many had walked by this man several times, many times maybe, did not heal him. Why? The word beautiful is timing. It had to deal with timing. There are things that have to happen at certain times. They have to happen at certain times. And there was a time then when Peter and John walked by. And the time was right. You're there. You're in your day. You're walking about. You're representing Jesus Christ. Now maybe some great prophet has already come by. Why didn't they why didn't they speak? Maybe some great healer, maybe some great ministry has already passed by this way. Why didn't they heal them? Because the timing went right. It's now your time. It's your day. This is the day the Lord has made. This is the day. 
You're walking in a time that God has anointed you for. A day that God has placed His hand upon you. Me? Me? God's, God's done that for me? Yes. God's called you. Today, you're walking in your day. This is your day. Right here. You're seated here. You're the ones here. This is the day. The timing is yours. So you're communing with God. Listening. I do what I see Him do. I speak what I hear Him speak. It's our responsibility to commune with God every day. Listen to Him. Sometimes it's confusing. We don't hardly. Dad, I've prayed and I've prayed and I've prayed. Is God talking, Dad, in my difficulty? I'm not hearing anything. I said, Son, do what you know to do. Do what is right. Walk where you are. Speak Jesus. The timing. The timing. You know, when we walk in God's timing, then it's beautiful. Then it's beautiful. Maybe that will be your beautiful gate. Walk in His timing. I feel like the Lord is emphasizing even more. And I know we've heard a lot about prophetic. But, you know, it's a year and a half ago, uh, Joe Young was here and he started this. He started this process. Not that we hadn't thought about it before, but he, he opened the door. He opened the door. So there was a process that started. And I really feel that God is wanting us to look into the whines of, of prophetic. What, what does it mean? The purpose, the power, the position. You know, every one of us are speaking the things of God, whether you're doing it with your voice or you're doing it with your life. You're speaking the things of God. So that's what we're doing. We're speaking. We're speaking into our day. We're, we're reflecting God. We're just, we're just big reflectors of the, of the Son of God, the presence of God. Just, just beaming it out there in areas and things and and you have to take control of your heart and your mind, cast out imaginations and every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You've got to cast it out. You've got to crucify it. You've got to throw that thing aside. You've got to, you've got to look into the eyes of Jesus Christ and just, you know, let Him shine through you. Just let Him shine through you. So, 
Boy, I tell you what, I, I want to say to Josh, I, I want to say thank you, Josh. Thank you. We are a family. We're here to encourage, exhort, edify, comfort. We're here to do that. You are anointed to do that. You have the power of God to do that. You can shine that light. You know, we're salt and light. How many of you have got a bottle of salt sitting on your table? What good is that salt sitting on the table in that bottle? It may have all kinds of flavor. But if it's in that bottle, it's not doing one thing. If you got your salt all captured up in a bottle, sitting somewhere on a table or in a shelf or in a cabinet, it ain't done nothing. It ain't done nothing. Oh, is it salty? Is it good? Does it flavor? Oh, yeah. I got the best. I got the right brand. And it ain't worth a dime. It's still in the box. Still in the glass. It's when we put it out there on stuff. That's when it's right. Encouragement. 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 You need prayer? I'm telling you, we're ready to speak into your life. We're ready to speak it. <laughs>